Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome to this special entrepreneurial and leadership series of Dose of Leadership brought to you by Equity Bank. Today, we have entrepreneur Jeff Lang on the show. Jeff started Lang Real Estate back in 1976 when he became actively involved in real estate getting his license and completing land developments in the the 1980s. He built his business on the values he learned from being raised in a rural Kansas community. And over the years, his company has expanded into all areas of the real estate industry, including land sales, development, new home construction, new and existing home sales, commercial sales, property management, banking, leasing, and appraisals. It goes on and on and on. Jeff is the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I've been a fan of him uh, for a long time. I like to consider him um, a mentor, and I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation. You're going to learn a lot from Jeff. He is the ideal leader slash entrepreneur who applies all of it in every aspect of his life. He even believes, as uh, he's a big fan of uh, Jim Collins' Good to Great, which I am too, and he says, from quoting from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, Great Vision Without Great People is Irrelevant, Jeff Lang understands that it is all about people. We talk about that on the show all the time. And you're going to see that uh, in this conversation. You're really going to enjoy it. The show is brought to you by Equity Bank. Equity Bank is a unique bank. They understand what it takes to start and grow a business. It's been exciting to watch them grow here in Kansas into one of the fastest growing banks in the Midwest. Equity Bank is now listed on the NASDAQ exchange and has locations all across Kansas, as well as Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. And clearly, this team at Equity Bank knows how to lead for growth. So if it feels like your current bank is more of a follower than a leader, then I ask you, and you want to work with a bank that really understands your needs, then check out my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to the show. Now let's join our conversation with entrepreneur Jeff Lang in this special series brought to you by Equity Bank. Jeff, I'm excited to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Glad you to know, be here. I've known, obviously, as a, as a local Wichita and a fan of entrepreneurship, I've you know known your stories, and you've been kind of a mentor behind the scenes. I mean, I I pick and choose, and I see, and I watch, and I've I've, I've watched you from afar. I don't mean to creep you out by that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have been a fan of you and know a little bit about your story. But uh, yeah, how did it? I, and I know that you you didn't start an entrepreneurship. It wasn't like your lifelong dream to be an entrepreneur, was it? Oh, I, not specifically. Uh, obviously, I've been very interested in business from right. the very beginning, and so didn't really think about it in entrepreneurship back in the beginning. Yeah. But obviously, today, that's really become the buzzword, and I guess that I'm an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. That's right. You know, what's, what's fascinating to me, like doing these local interviews, I think you're probably the fifth or sixth um, person that's been on here that grew up on a farm. 
Okay. And uh, how has that played into your character and into your kind of your work ethic and et cetera? Sure. Well, our farm uh, was driven by my mom and dad. Uh, as I look back at things, uh, they both really led to my experience and understanding in business. Uh, we didn't have family get-togethers. We always had business meetings and lunch, <laughs> right. breakfast. Whenever we were together, we were always working on strategy and creating efficiencies and how to make things work better and better. And so uh, I was just learning by osmosis growing up on that farm. Yeah. Always had a tractor waiting for me when I came home from school. So <laughs> that there was a little opportunity to get into mischief, but plenty of opportunity to go to work. Yeah. Big family or brothers and sisters? Just uh, four small. of us. Four of you? Yep. Yeah. Three, three of us uh, brothers and one sister. So what was the dream then if you were sitting there as you're driving the tractor after school? Did you have dreams? You think, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life? Or did you have bigger aspirations to get off the farm, get out of the tractor? What was it? I had no idea what my aspiration was. Uh, I was one of those guys that just took a while for it all to come together. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew uh, my mom insisted that we were all going to be college graduates. So went to school at K-State, got the degree. Made mom happy, but I still didn't know what in the world I was going to do with that. <laughs> so what did you do with it? When you I came, came back, back to the farm. You came I, back to the farm. I graduated in agronomy and business and uh, came back to the farm for the for a while. And then that tractor really became very confining. And it was time to get out there and see the world and go do some things. And what was it? So you're in your early 20s and you say, I'm, what did you do? I broke into uh, the real estate business. I was invited by an auctioneer. Uh, we went to a lot of farm auctions and, again, the business type mentality of my folks was not just to be farmers, but to build equity through land ownership. So grew up uh, chasing and watching for good farm opportunities to purchase. And through that, that uh, created an auctioneer that asked my brothers and I, hey, any one of you interested in joining in the real estate business with me? And that kind of sounded interesting. So in 81, I got my license and went to work and after a year, still hadn't earned a penny, but didn't give up on it. I just kept on driving that deal. Yeah, so you know, not earning a penny. And I remember hearing that story. I think it was in Startup Grind when you were talking about that, how you, you made zero dollars after right. the first year. Yeah, as I look back at that, I'm just amazed that that was the case. And my wife uh, didn't tell me to go get a real job. And <laughs> I was driving all over Kansas and talking to farmers and young guy. I had to earn the respect and, and learn the business and and then it finally started building from there. You started clicking from there. Yes. You know, that's one thing that people ask me all the time after having all these multiple conversations, what are the biggest kind of takeaway? And there's one theme that overridingly um, comes across in all these conversations, that it's less about whatever your talent and your skill level is. It's more about the tenacity about never giving up. And I can imagine in that first year, I mean, you were tested. I would imagine. Absolutely. The opportunity to give up is out there every day. Just yeah. even getting out of bed in the morning can sometimes be an obstacle to some people. Yeah. I'm never that way. I'm always driven to get up and let's get to going and let's face those challenges and yeah. go make some opportunities happen. I, I kind of contend or I believe wholeheartedly that the talent, the talent part's kind of a given, right? I mean, you got to be good at something. Sure. But it's the tenacity that always wins the day. Right. right. Yeah, I think those folks that are just uh, uh, folks that won't give up, they just are driven every day. Uh, they want to go make a difference. They can deal with challenges, uh, not worry about it, just take action and go make things happen. 
those are the folks that ultimately succeed. So would you say that your your family, the relationship with your, I mean, your, obviously your wife was there, having that kind of bedrock foundation. I know I can attribute a lot of my, um, any modicum of success that I have on a whole host of things, but having that bedrock of my support from my wife and that, that, that family's been tantamount. Absolutely. Family's just always been very important. Grew up with family being of supreme of importance. Yeah. My wife and I made a commitment to family first, and and so that's always been very important to us. And my wife's been very supportive of my career and chasing these things, and and uh, always kind of surprised by some of the things that we get involved in. But she's been supportive all the way along. Yeah. So we're going in that first year, and you're finding yourself in that kind of testing moment. What was the intentionality behind it? What, I, I'm always amazed and fascinated by the intentionality, the discipline to keep going forward. What what did you envision in your head was the the outcome that you were kind of striving for as you're kind of finding yourself in that mud moment? Sure. Well, obviously, uh, making it economically feasible right. was but, very important. Yeah, having <laughs> a positive balance in the checkbook, I can imagine. Even though I didn't earn anything, that was still <laughs> a, an ultimate goal to mm-hmm. drive some revenue. Uh, but uh, just the interest in putting deals together became very evident early on to me and and helping clients achieve what their goals were, whether they were a seller or a buyer or bringing those kinds of opportunities together, getting to know people. That's always been a huge opportunity and interest of, of mine is just connecting people's needs and making good things happen. Yeah, you strike me as an individual that understands the importance of adding value, and I don't mean that in the – I mean – when you say that, it kind of sounds like, well, yeah, that's common sense. But it does surprise me sometimes that whatever we do, entrepreneurially or just in business, that we're not intentionally focusing on adding value to this transaction, whatever the transaction is, no matter how small or how big. You strike me as someone that's intentional about that. What, what do you think about when you hear me say that? That's at every turn. Of we, we drive that with our people that everybody needs to bring value every day. Uh, you just uh, – we don't let anybody – just cruise along, if you will, whether it's uh, uh, our hiring processes just because somebody recommends somebody or that somebody knows somebody doesn't mean they automatically get hired. They've got to be of value. They've got to bring opportunity to the position, uh, and then they need to continue to do that. If they are hired, they need to continue to do that. The deals need to continue to do that. The investments need to continue. Uh, value just needs to be part of the proposition at all all times. Right. How do you think that was instilled? I mean, obviously, it's probably through your parents, but I mean, have you always been that way, right? I mean, because I, I can be honest, I wasn't always that way. I was always chasing the position, the title, or the the, the income level. Sure. It took me, it was a, a later, even probably into my 40s, realizing this is all about adding value to somebody. And I'm embarrassed even to admit that, but that I wouldn't be embarrassed. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, that's certainly just one of those things that I've learned over time. That uh, that's the the value proposition is what matters. That's uh, that's how relationships work. Whether it be an advisory member of one of our our companies, uh, we need to create win 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 situations yeah. for everybody involved. So over time, we've just learned that that's where the magic is at. Yeah. So we're driving deals. You're, you're getting one deal. Now you're getting two. Now you're getting four. Now you're getting eight. When did it start to say, hey, you know, when did it become more than just real estate, I guess is my question. Well, 
after two or three years, then uh, started looking at other opportunities, and one of those was to develop properties in the country outside of Wichita. There's been demand for home sites uh, outside of town, and so that that seemed appealing to me. Gotten involved in in that sort of thing, and then uh, was always driven again back to those roots with mom and dad and. And the, it's great to make brokerage commissions, but the real money and, and the longevity in real estate is going to be owning some of it and putting your hard-earned money behind it. And so investing in development opportunities out there in the country. Uh, we even built homes for one stint of time there in the 90s. Uh, so we've touched a lot of things in the real estate world. And then it even – tell me about the uh, – maybe we're jumping too far ahead, but I, it, it kind of – I was always fascinated about finding the opportunity that you did with the um, uh, the, the buildings protecting uh, the blast buildings. Sure. Right? How did that come about? Uh, that's Red Guard is the name of the company here today. Sightbox is one of the divisions of that, and uh, we have uh, several divisions in Red Guard, cover six shelters – but uh, we have safety suite, lease fleet, which are blast-resistant buildings. We got in the portable storage business in 1998, and that was a box for you. Right. Uh, we were looking for an opportunity. It just seemed like in that simple metal container, it was one of the few things that was connected, had connectivity around the world. Uh, most things are there's two or three or four of everything, and this is one thing that's universal. You could put it on any ship or train or truck around the world and make things happen. So I felt like there was an opportunity to create value add to that simple metal box. And so we weren't just in the portable storage business. We were always cutting and torching and welding and creating and trying to figure out what value add opportunity made some sense. But how'd that idea come up, come about? I mean, so you got the portable storage units. How did, how did the idea to create, to, you know, protect these? Guys on oil rigs and stuff like that, or, you know, drilling and stuff like that. How'd that come about? After a few years in the business, then we got an opportunity to work with ConocoPhillips down at Ponca City. Uh, they just loved our offices that we had created. And uh, as a result of that, then after an explosion that happened in 2005, uh, Texas City BP plant, 15 people were killed and 170 were injured. An engineer with ConocoPhillips was looking at that and at that blast, and he noticed that a container was one of the few things that really didn't get damaged. Uh, trucks and and all other kinds of buildings were blown away, but this container had a couple dings on it, but it was still pretty much intact. So uh, with that, he went down in the plant and found us. Uh, some people were saying, man, these guys have fantastic services and fantastic container offices and that got his wheels to spinning he made a call to us we came down and he said he didn't want to kind of go phillips didn't want to get in that business uh if we were interested then they could kind of give us some guidance to the world's best blast engineers and so we took that on we we uh, took the risk invested the dollars we weren't sure we were doing the right thing, but it was the kind of opportunity we were looking for. We knew that early on in the process and felt like it could be something that was significant. The reason why I like that story is because, I mean, and it, and it goes even to even just, even if you're not an entrepreneur, um, the ability, uh, again, with this added value mindset that you always have, and then when opportunities kind of present themselves, it's almost like you're conditioned to see it, right? It's like this, the awareness... 
it's like the old adage is like I'd never noticed a red VW Beatles until I got one myself and see how many on the street, right? Right. And it's like when you're in that mindset and you're in that kind of world and opportunities present themselves, right? It's almost like you have t- it's almost like you have too many choices at 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 some point you have you start to see multiple opportun- opportunities, right? And the challenge becomes which one do I actually go through? Right? Sure. Well, or or one good opportunity and people stumble along the way. I mean, I I maintain that we all see opportunities all the time. And uh, not all of us, though, are interested in exploring that opportunity in the first place, taking any risk to go along with that opportunity as a second step, and then following through and being determined to see it to to the end, if you will, or into fruition. Uh, Somewhere in those three steps, most people get lost in, in the opportunity that's Right there in front of them. Right. Well, and, so, and back to just to go back to a box for you in 98, uh, that came about because literally a gentleman walked in our front door at the real estate office and said, hey, I've got this opportunity I think that you ought to be hearing about. And we were willing to listen and talk about it, explore it. Uh, so opportunities literally walk in the front door. And how how much of it would you say is the discipline to say – no, I mean, you got to have the discipline to say no to things too, right? Because I think a lot of times I'm guilty of this is that it's easy to chase shiny objects. Right? Yep. And then how do you, how do you maintain that discipline to know this is the right one? I mean, what, what is the mental process for you to stay disciplined? We have a, a very defined process in that. And we've always been about strategic planning. And so we, we follow. Uh, our principles of what is our main thing, what can we be the best in the world at, mm. and then let's really drive after that. Uh, along the process of strategic planning, we got involved with the Jim Collins books. Yeah. We drive that through our organization so that everybody understands what our mission is and how those principles apply, uh, how to deal with good times, bad times, opportunities, all of those different factors. and. And where people can bring value by sitting in the right seats. Yeah. So uh, through all of that, uh, that's really helped our focus. Uh, and we have a simple process of does it fit our hedgehog, back yeah. to a Jim Collins principle. And then if it does that, it needs to go to the next gate. Is it economically feasible? And does it is it something that we can be the best in the world at? Or is it something somebody else ought to be taking on? Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of the special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest-growing banks by working side-by-side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ Exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series 
on leadership and entrepreneurship brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. I love that you brought up Jim Collins. I know when I got out of the Marine Corps and, and I we were talking in the pre-recording and I said that, yeah, I thought, you know, all I know is fly airplanes. And as I was making my way in the corporate arena and then when Collins' book came out about that time, that articulated what was mushed up inside, what the, the kind of the, the gnawing that I felt of what I was trying to articulate. That really appealed to us as that came up in one of our strategic planning processes and that night, uh, I read the book, and and uh, the next day, as we were following up with strategic planning, we were we were building principles around those Collins principles. And since then, we we drive monthly workshops with all of our people around those principles and help people really understand how value creation can happen by following those things. Yeah, no, it's exciting that that you guys have embraced it so much. I like I said, I go back and I look at my entrepreneurial journey and. It really started with reading Good to Great. At least it opened up my my mind right. and helped me articulate things that I felt, particularly the chapter in Level 5 Leadership. And I was just – and before you even mentioned Jim Collins, I was uh, – as I'm looking at you and I'm looking at your presence and how you are and knowing a little bit of history about you, you do seem like someone that is touching the realms of that Level 5 Leadership example that he talks about in, in the book, meaning that you seem like someone who's very intense and driven – has a high level of intensity, but at the same time, you have a humble and teachable spirit, right? And where those two things intersect, that's the sweet spot that we should always be striving for. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those things where I don't walk around thinking about, hey, that's me. Right. Uh, certainly, that's, that's not the intention. What we really drive in our organization is that everyone can be the CEO of their world. Right. No matter what your world is, you can really drive your world if you fully understand that. And how would you act as the CEO in that world? What right. questions would you ask? And and go make things happen. Don't blame things on others. Right. If you're not getting what you need, then go drive it, make it happen. That's the power. That's what I, I mean, I guess that's why I'm so passionate about this topic because it, 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 it that is the power of leadership and I'll say slash entrepreneurship because a lot of the same characteristics, what I think of, of excellent leadership on excellent, sustainable legacy building entrepreneurs need as well, right? You need, you need to have that leadership mindset, right? And what I mean by that is everyone needs to think and act like a leader sure. at varying degrees of accountability, right? And I think sometimes we limit ourselves thinking, oh, I can't be a leader because I don't have the position, the title, or I'm not the type A driven entrepreneur. I'm an introvert. And I'm like, if you understand and embrace that power of leadership, you can change the world, or at least you're part of it. Right? Absolutely. You sure can, and it's evident to those around you. If you just grab it and you go make a difference, then everybody sees it. It's yeah. not something you've got to talk about. That's uh, right. Action makes things happen. I had a captain tell me one time. I thought it was great, and really great captain. And he's, we were talking about leadership and this and that, and he said, you know, if i got to remind people that I'm the captain – I'm not a very good captain. That's right. <laughs> right. And I thought that yep. it just encapsulated point. everything that we're trying to do, right? When, from the leadership front, you're trying, you know, there, there's a lot of strength in authenticity and vulnerability in um, the willingness to just embrace your failures with confidence. Sure. Right? Like when you stumble and fall and you say, wow, I really gooned that up and, and you go. I mean, people gravitate towards that, right? Sure. We drive in our in our companies a, a term of exponential growth and exponential opportunity, 
and uh, that we really drive that to a point, and that's not really a Collins reference. That's not a term from his mm-hmm. books, but it's a term that we've driven ourselves, and, and it's all about everybody being a leader. Everybody is a salesperson all the time. Everybody can be more than they think that they might be able to be, uh, and if they're trained, if they're listening, if they're learning, if they want to make a difference out there and and drive all of the different line companies that we have out there, then they can do that every day. I love that. And I think culturally, um, I've always contended that if you could create a culture where everybody feels like they're part of something bigger than themselves, they feel like they're making the campsite better than they found it all yes. the time, man, people are going to be engaged. You know, it's always funny you hear all these you know, the buzzwords, how do you get people engaged, how this or that. And I'm just like, mm. Let's just focus on making the campsite better than we found it. And no matter what the product is, lives are at stake here. Yes. Right? Yep. Both, both internally in the organization and both externally. We're changing lives. We're making the campsite better. People get excited. I sure. want to think about when you hear that. Yeah, our core principle is our core purpose is to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to help businesses grow. We want to help people grow. We want to help those that we connect with grow. One of the things that we're driving here now is the Crossgate District, and and in that we're taking that exponential growth and exponential mindset out beyond the lying organization. For the first time, we're inviting in outside investment, uh, and we're connecting with people not just about putting dollars into what we're driving, but but their opportunity and and their their experience and their knowledge. And when you bring a team together of of great folks and great minds that are all driven for exponential opportunity, then great things can happen. And it's making the campsite better than you found it. Exactly. And I think that is the obligation that all of us have. If there's any obligation, I don't care whatever you believe, spiritually whatever, but the obligation behind it is making it better than you found it. And an idea of exponential growth or a value proposition of exponential growth, and I think sometimes the idea of growth in some circles, I've seen it, and I've seen resistance from that. That's kind of like a, it's a negative connotation, but it's not, right? I mean, maybe it's maybe people associate growth with uh, profit, which they're they're tied together. But so often, it seems like it's you know what I mean. Like in some certainly, circles, it's a it's a backbone of America. Yep. It's it's what drives America to be great. Uh, good things happen because we have the opportunity in this country. To, to think and to go drive things. We're not told what to do. And, that's right. And that's why some of those countries that, that operate under those principles of really making mandates happen. Yeah. They're floundering instead of flourishing. Right. So, uh, no, we, we certainly believe in the American opportunity here and, yeah. and, uh, certainly feel blessed that, that we landed in this opportunity and, and then obligated as a result of that opportunity to go do something with it. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I like about. It. I mean, you, you, we've been blessed with where we're at. However, the hand's been dealt. What are we going to do with it, right? Exactly. And it's particularly when you travel, I know when I traveled the world in the Marine Corps and came back, I always appreciated what we had here. But when I was away from it and saw really abject poverty and everything, I mean, real, true abject poverty, right? And doing famine relief in Kenya or whatever, and you're like, wow, that gave you a whole new perspective. I, yeah, and so. It, it it felt like a sense of obligation, right? Yes, absolutely. No, we we absolutely feel obligated to those that we're connected with, whether it's our 
people on the line team in any of our organizations or whether it's those folks that are investing with us or whatever it might be. It's it's all about uh, the obligation to, to drive good exponential opportunity. What's the requirement if I if I'm or someone's working for Lang, what do you expect? Uh, I'm a brand new employee, I'm coming to you. What's your expectation of me? Well we first of all we've created our own Lang job description first and foremost, uh, because we're all about culture first. Mm-hmm. And uh it that's for your benefit as it is for our benefit, because if you come on board and you're not really within our culture, you, you you're not going to be happy there, you're not going to flourish. And our people will spin you out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the nice thing about developing a culture and everybody being the CEO of their own world. Then they have an expectation of those people around them to be doing and looking at the world and making good things happen just like they are. Yeah. So uh, following those principles of being driven, uh, uh, doing the right thing always, uh, certainly uh, wanting to learn and grow and, and make good things happen, uh, those are some of our basic principles. Yeah, it's that intent. That's what I was really getting at, and I sensed that from you. This intentionality of this culture building, right? And it goes to, you know, how are you recruiting people and having that awareness and right. propagating that awareness and communicating that awareness and what we really stand for. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You started out here by saying that you'd kind of watched me or mm-hmm. us from afar. And I'm surprised how many times now that I'm out and about and communicating with more people because of the Crossgate District and Triple Crown, our investment vehicle with that, how many people say, a gentleman just yesterday said, man, I've I've been watching you guys. It's amazing what all you've got going on. And we're really not out in the press. We're not Mm -hmm. driven to be out in front of everybody all the time. and so it's interesting that people are watching uh, what mom told you, that people are watching what you're doing. Even you do the right you, thing yeah, always. That's, right. that's true. <laughs> well, I think it speaks to the power of influence and how we don't realize I have to be reminded. I love reminding other people and coaching, and but I need to be reminded myself. I mean, the power of influence and how much influence you actually have, every single one of us, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and people are watching your actions. Are all your the actions. Time true with your words mm-hmm. are you are you truly committed are you are you doing those things that you expect from others and yeah. that's really a strong part of our culture we don't expect anybody to do anything we wouldn't do ourselves i love that yeah yeah it's the setting the example piece which is leadership 101 it is the foundation right? Right. absolutely and it takes a tremendous amount of intentionality to always realize that you know always do the right thing even when no one's looking right sure that's 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 the foundation. Yes, right? absolutely. And don't be afraid to get down there. And like you said, if you don't like how the toilet's being cleaned, then <laughs> right. even if you are the CEO, show them how you want the toilet to be cleaned. Right? Sure. Well, and it even can go down to some uh, some details behind the scenes of vacation time, uh, whether somebody's on the shop floor or in our service world or whether it's the president of the organization, they all have the same cap and the maximum amount of vacation right. time that they can take per year. And so we don't create classes in our organization yeah. where everyone's important, everybody's critical, actually. Well, it's that power of perception is reality, right? And that's yes. the thing you always got to be aware of. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter. Sometimes what the truth is is how I perceive you. Yes. That's the truth. Absolutely. And yeah. so you've got to be intentional about setting that example. That's right. It takes a lot of work. And even it's the simple stuff, right? 
It's every day. It's Showing everything. up on time, you know, how you're dressed, you That's know, right. whatever. It's it's everything. Everything. Yep, oh, all the time. It. I love it. I love, you know, when, and thinking about, again, going back to the influence piece, um, it struck me. I think I was talking to one of my kids one time, and they were like, remember, and it was one of their earliest memories. And, like, I remember sitting on the kitchen counter, and we were doing this, and we were making cookies, and this or that, and you said this and that, and I have no recollection of it, none. And <laughs> but for, it stuck with them. But for whatever reason, that was important to my kid. That's that, what it stuck in their head, right? Right. And it's a positive memory. So sure, you're always on. I guess is my point. And particularly when you get up in the leadership roles, and the larger the spotlight, right, you, know, you start sacrificing personal freedoms and rights and everything else, right? You have to realize that. Sure. That you know you've got a tremendous obligation as as the spotlight's bigger on you. Exactly. But uh, family and faith is really important to our organization and to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and we want people to be there. Speaking of your kids remarking about a moment when you were right there and you were present, mm-hmm. today's technology kind of mm-hmm. tends to make people feel like, well, I'm, I'm with my kids or whatever, but are you really totally are present? Are you really there? Yeah. <laughs> and so we encourage our people to not miss events and critical family opportunities we want family to be first and so that they are there and we want them to truly be there and, and that's part of making a difference i love it what's what's next for you guys what are you excited about when you're looking forward what, what just gets really jazzed about your organization well each of our companies are marching well these days and uh, most of them had record years this last year so that's exciting uh, red guard is truly an international company here now we've so- signed a joint venture with a company out of the middle east and so uh, they bring us the Eastern Hemisphere in, in all kinds of ways. Uh, we're marching out onto the platforms now with these blast-resistant and, and fire-retardant buildings. Uh, so that's pretty cool to be out in the ocean uh, and doing some new things there. Uh, we have a lot of opportunity with Cover 6 shelters and the military applications. And unfortunately, it's not a safe world out there. Right. And so our products are going all over the place and helping save lives and and keeping people safe. Uh, the uh, real estate side has certainly been very busy. Uh, the Crossgate District, 13 square miles here in southwest mm-hmm. Wichita, has been a very big deal. Uh, and so we've been fortunate to attract a lot of different uh, people to join us. We have over 115 investors here at this current moment in time uh, continuing to drive that and and uh, we're, again, blessed with the more opportunity than we can keep up with in a lot of ways. So some really neat things going on there that's been a whole lot of fun. And it's fun to connect with more people. It's one of those things that I've wanted to do for 30 years. <laughs> but you're when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing so many different things, uh, you just can't do, go out and do everything you'd like to do. Right. But the opportunity to make appointments, sit down and visit with people like we're doing here today and talking about things, that's uh, – that's really something that I've wanted to do and doing a whole lot more of that here now. And so that's been really nice and, and exciting to connect with more people, help them really understand what we're trying to do. And we feel like in that we're not just trying to transform 13 square miles of Wichita, but we really want to make a difference in a bigger region here, South Central Kansas and across Kansas. And we have the touch across uh, America and across the world. And how can we exponentially make that touch bigger and better. 
the connectivity that we have with Belt and Equiset, some of our other companies, is is certainly a big part of helping people achieve their dreams. So some neat things going on. Well, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about you and your organizations? Uh, I'm, I tell everybody my door's open all the time, and so uh, just like the opportunity that somebody walked in the front door, I don't mind at all if somebody wants to reach out and call our office and, and set up an appointment to come see me. I'd love to visit with whoever, whenever. Uh, my email is out there on our websites, and don't be afraid to send me a, an email or a text or whatever it might be, and let's talk. I have links to all this on the post where you can connect with Jeff's website and learn more about his organizations. Jeff, you're the real deal. It's been an honor to finally sit down and meet with you and get to know you. I hope to stay in touch, and I'm glad to have you in the Dose of Leadership Circle. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for the visit. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to this special entrepreneurial and leadership series, The Dose of Leadership, brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Make sure to subscribe to Dose of Leadership where you can hear more great stories in this unique and special series. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a listen to all of my Dose of Leadership podcasts and all of my episodes and see why Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine all recommend this as a must-listen. Dose of Leadership features candid conversations with amazing guests, leading high-performing experts and organizations, large and small, all over the world. Find Dose of Leadership on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and go ahead and visit doseofleadership.com where you can find out more information about the show, myself, my speaking engagements, my keynotes, live seminars, and my mastermind events. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day.